Welcome, X2M 149, Quan Graviton M. Psalms 149. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. Praise him in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel rejoice in their creator. Let the people of Zion delight in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Let them sing praises to him to the accompaniment of a tambourine and a harp. The Lord takes delight in his people and he exalts the oppressed by delivering them. Let the godly, let the godly rejoice because of their vindication. Let them shout for joy upon their beds. May they praise God while they hold a two-edged sword in their hand. There you go, Tom. In order to take revenge on the nation and punish foreigners, binding their kings in chains and nobles in iron shackles, and executing the judgment to which their enemies have been sentenced, all his loyal followers will be vindicated. Praise the Lord. Cut away all the ways 
not of you Judah's lion and sound your war shake the marrow of my bone oh, and it's all for you all we are for you it's all and it's all for you and all we
chapter 4, verse 7. Presently, when a woman of Samaria came alone to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone off to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, a woman, for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you had only known who had recognized God's gift and who this is, this saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with out of the well that is so deep. How then can you say, provide living water? Are you greater than the superior of our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well and who drinks from it himself and his sons and cattle also? Jesus answered and said to her, all who drink of this water, all who drink of this water will never We'll never thirst again, but whoever takes a drink of the water that I give him, he shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. The water that I give him will spring up unto the welling up, bubbling up within him unto eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. Maybe you can say that to the Lord, sir. Give me this water. Yes, Lord. Water, water, water. So that I may never be thirsty and have to come here to draw. At this point, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you've spoken truly and saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. In this you have truly spoken. The woman said to him, Sir, I see and I understand. You're a prophet. Our forefathers worshipped on this mount, but you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place where it's necessary and proper to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, as time is coming when you will worship. You will worship with the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You do not know what you are worshiping, and you do not even comprehend, but we know who we are worshiping. For this salvation comes from the Jews. A time is coming. However, indeed, it is here now. That genuine worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father, hear the word of the Lord, Father, our Father is seeking. He's seeking now worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and truth. Worship the Lord. Oh, worship Him. Worship the Lord with us. Worship the Lord with me. All you saints in the land, worship the Lord. Tide is pooling, 
His love is reaching and our praise is calling. Or that tradition? Is it here, or there, where, where, where? Is it this mountain, or is it that temple? Is it this building, or is it that building? Is it over there or over here? Is it this denomination or that non-denomination? Where? said your name oh spirit leads to the place where your name oh Jesus leads to the place where your name is said is it over here is it over there Then you say, why are you looking over there? Why are you looking over here? Why are you looking back to all your traditions? Why are you looking back to your forefathers? Look at me, I placed my name. Look at me, look at me. Look at me, he's placed his name on me. The name above, the name above. It's not just in J-E-S-U-S. It's not that, it's not that, it's not. If we raise up a sign that has the five letters, oh, it's in all he is, all he said he was. All he said he was. Oh, we come in the spirit and truth. Oh, we come to the mountain and the temple and the garden. Oh, we come in spirit and truth. Oh, we come 
to the mountain, the temple, and the garden. Oh, it's alive in us, Christ beaming through our lives. The hope, the hope of glory, it's in us, Christ beaming out with light. The hope, the hope of glory, oh, and pour out your praise. Spend it all in His presence and pour out your praise. Spend it all in His presence. His tide is pulling, His love is reaching. His tide is pulling, His love is reaching. His tide is pulling. His love is reaching in deep, deep, deep. And let a contrite heart sing out. And let an unrebellious heart sing out, sing out. His tide is pulling and his love is reaching deeper and deeper. And his tide is pulling and his love is reaching deeper and deeper. I want all those gates. I want all those gates. I want all those places and all those corners. His love is reaching down deep, His love. And speak to the skeletons, those dry bones. Rise up in me. <laughs> oh, we've been so afraid of those dry bones. We've been so afraid of those dry bones. Don't give them water. Oh, there's no shame. Oh, he has accepted. Lay down, lay down in hell. Oh, pour out your grace, spend it all in his presence. He will respond. Oh, he wants to live within us. His tide is pulling, his love is reaching deep down. It's calling deep, deep one to deep.
some of you might be David needing to take off your kingly robes and all the pomp and circumstance some of you might be merry you need to dump all that perfume out oh yeah oh and he calls unto deep unto deep
just want to give a uh, just a prophetic picture right quick of the atmosphere earlier when Stephen was singing that the Lord would embrace the one with a contrite heart right before that the Holy Spirit told me to go to Isaiah 66 2 and so I want to read that and then uh, again set a picture for what we believe how the Lord is encountering us uh, in this event Isaiah 66 Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me? And what kind of what kind can be my resting place? For all these things my hand has made and so all things have come into being by and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. He who is humble and of a broken or a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. And then immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, and I will take this people by or through the path of the sea uh, today. And so then the Lord tells me that and then Stephen begins to sing the exact same thing. So we have a perfect match on uh, on what the Holy Spirit is saying uh, to us. And then I was reminded of the Lord by Isaiah chapter number 42. Let's see. Let I will lead the blind along an unfamiliar way, and I will guide them down paths they have never traveled, and I will turn the darkness in front of them into light. I will level out the rough ground. This is what I will do, and I will not abandon them. Those who trust in idols will turn back and be utterly humiliated. Those who say to metal images, you are our gods. And then the Lord spoke this to me. He said, I have a people that are dealing with uh, forlornness. And so I had to look that word up, which means uh, to lose hope or to feel like you've come up against something you can't see uh, through that path. And if it, or it, it has to do with being alone or feeling lonely. So if, if you're dealing with any aspects of this, like, today like or you have been uh, I want to ask you to come forward because we're going to just pray over you dealing with feeling like something that you are anticipating is not coming to pass and it is uh, felt like it's just something's not working out or not going through that what you had planned on seeing or wanted to see is not coming to fruition and you would like prayer or you've been dealing with I feel alone or I've been feeling like I'm just all by myself 
uh, in this or my stand or wherever I'm at. I want you to come forward now. So when I took this to Stephen, he said, what about Psalm 77? And so I'm, I'm going to read this because I believe this is, our, uh, is an answer to you that are dealing with this forlornness, like loneliness, or um, dealing with feeling alone, or like, man, I was anticipating this thing coming off, and it hasn't come off the way that I want to see it come off. Take a deep breath. And hey, if, if you see someone else up here and you would like to come up and just uh, lay hands on them or pray for them, I'd like for you to do that because one of the best things when you're feeling alone or you're by yourself is someone to come and partner with you in prayer. So uh, come up and, and if, if you feel that, just come up, lay hands on, pray uh, to be a blessing to someone else that's dealing with, I've lost hope. And I have an expectation. I want to see it come to pass. Here we go. Psalm 77. I'm making my cry out to God. Call for him for help. We beseech you, Lord. We beseech you, Lord. We're crying out to you right now that we need you. We recognize our need for you. I'll cry out to God, and I know he pays attention to me. In my time of trouble, I sought the Lord, and I've kept my hand raised in prayer throughout the night. I refused to be comforted by other comforters, and I said, I will remember God while I groan. And I'll think about him even if I feel my strength is leaving me. Do it. Selah. Yes, yes. Holy Spirit's moving. Yes, now. my eyelids open I was troubled and I could not speak I thought about the days of old and about ancient times and I said during the night I remember the song I once sang I will think very clearly and I tried to make sense out of what was happening and I asked Lord will you reject me forever will he never again show me his favor has his loyal love disappeared forever? Has his promise failed forever? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has his anger stifled his compassion? Then I said, I'm sickened by the thought that the sovereign one might become inactive in my life. 
And I will remember the works of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the amazing things that you did long ago. And I will think about all that you have done. And I'll reflect. I'll reflect on all of your awesome deeds. Oh God, your deeds are extraordinary. What God compares to our great God? You are the God that does amazing things. You have revealed your strength among the nations. You have delivered your people by your strength. The children of Jacob and Joseph, Selah.
the sanctuary To the sanctuary Oh, the right hand of the Father I will glory in your name through the worship and he wanted me to share it. Um, I grew up sailing. I grew up in Florida and we would spend weeks and weeks and weeks on a sailboat. 
And I've always had this, the scriptures about anchoring. I've always pictured that as the anchor on the boat going down into the sand or the, whatever you're going to uh, secure the boat with. And I, so when we were with, even singing about that, that was a little like jarring for me. Like, pull up the anchor. Why would I do that? That I always felt like that's anchoring my soul. So I kind of was struggling a little bit with that. And then God was just walking me through, like, if I had stayed anchored in a harbor, you wouldn't go anywhere. You wouldn't go on the adventures. I wouldn't have gone snorkeling in the Keys or, like, gone gone with them on the journey. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's like, a, so it's moving from that fear of like, I've got to stay here, anchored. He's like, don't don't use that anchoring for in a fearful way, but to let up. And then I was like, well, then what's going to anchor me? And he said, well, you have ballast now in your soul, in your spirit, is where like in the ballast is the weight that's put in the bottom of a boat to keep it from tossing and turning. So you have that weight at the bottom of your, your soul, your spirit. It's him so that you can go out and he keeps you from the topple back and forth but I was like oh so then when they were talking about the verses of um, seeing the amazing things that God has I thought about you have to be unanchored you have to be to kind of go out there and blow with the spirit but be anchored in your inner man because him is your ballast so I just wanted to share that So hear this in light of what's been said here, Hebrews chapter 6, therefore we must progress. We must progress beyond the elementary instructions about Christ and move on to maturity. Six things, not laying this foundation again, what? Repentance from dead works. And a faith towards God. What's the difference? There's a faith that's toward God, and there's a faith that's of God. There's a faith that's toward God, looking to God, but there's a faith where God's life is manifested in you, the faith of God. And that's why the writer of Hebrews is saying we must move on. We must move on beyond the teaching about baptism, about the impartation services of laying on of hands. We must move on even beyond the resurrection of the dead. We must move on in even getting into eternal judgment. Is my sense uh, and what we're sensing from the Holy Spirit up here that we are being 
invited in by the Lord to be escorted even out of the out of the foundations to be drawn up into him now listen to the word of the Lord Hebrews 6 13 now when God made his promise to Abraham since he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself saying surely I will bless you surely I will bless you greatly surely I will bless you greatly and I will multiply your descendants abundantly surely I will do this I'm swearing by myself the Lord says unconditional election people swear by something greater than themselves and the oath serves as a confirmation to end all dispute in the same way God when he wanted to demonstrate more clearly that to the heirs of the promise that his purpose was unchangeable he intervened it with an oath so that we so that we who have found refuge in him oh man might find strong encouragement to hold fast to hold fast to hold fast to the hope church hold fast to the hope yeah we may have lost hope in ourselves and in others but we're holding fast to the hope set before us that through two unchangeable things it's impossible for God to lie we have this hope as an anchor of the soul. You see it? My anchor, my steadfastness, your anchor, your steadfastness is in the Lord. Up, up, up into the heavens. Boy. Yeah, up into the heavens where the anchor of our soul is. Our anchor is in the Lord. Oh. Mm. Oh, 
Hear me. 
cure for every disease. They're covered in blood and oil and leaves. My laughter and tears create things unseen. And the atmosphere changes and God's release. My worship is armed with spirit and truth. It's secret, accepted, and pleasing to you. See tonight, 
I wish I may, I wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. Numbers 24, 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not close at hand. A star will march forth out of Jacob, and a scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the skulls of Moab and the heads of the sons of Sheath. Edom will be a possession in Seir. His enemies will also be a possession. But Israel will act valiantly. A ruler will be established from Jacob and restore destroy the remains of the city. Yeah. 
majesty, God of creation, ancient alive in me, and God of all nations, uncharted galaxies, God is spirit alive in me, God of eternity, wonders and majesties, and God of creation. Ancient, alive in me, and God of all nations, uncharted galaxies, and God, the Spirit, alive in me. I've said, come and believe. Come, come and believe who I've told you you are. Oh, come and believe, come and believe. Oh, my anchor holds, my anchor holds. Oh, Isaiah 33, 10 through 13. Now I will rise up, says the Lord, and now I will exalt myself. Now I will magnify myself. You conceive straw, you give birth to chaff. Your breath is a fire that destroys you. The nations will be burned to ashes. Like thorn bushes that have been cut down, they will be set on fire. You who are far away, listen to what I have done. You who are close by, recognize my strength.
of eternity, wonders and majesty and love of creation, ancient, alive in me and God of all nations, uncharted galaxies and God who is spirit is alive in me. of the righteous is a bright morning light growing brighter and brighter until the full day the way of the wicked is a gloomy darkness and they do not know what causes them to stumble my child star children pay attention to my words listen attentively to my sayings do not let them depart from your sight guard them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to one's entire body. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Remove perverse speech from your mouth. Keep devious talk far from your lips. And let your eyes look directly in front of you. And let your gaze be straight before you. Gaze on the man, the man Jesus Christ. Set all your affections on him, the pioneer, 
the charioteer, the pilot, the author and the finisher of your soul. Eyes forward. Eyes on the Lord. Eyes wide open. Eyes wide open. Christ in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Tabernacling in you. Life of God in the soul of man. Full union. The quintessence of the ages. soul delights in. For you found us as ones you delight in. For while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Rise in your church, Lord. All across the land, rise. Christ of glory, Christ. The glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, the majesty. see him as he is. Lamb and lion. Lover, the 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 lover.
then opening the soul's eye as though after a profound sleep and beginning to see the pure beam instead of the deep darkness. He followed the ray and discerned what he had not beheld before, a charioteer and pilot presiding over the world and directing in safety his own work and of all such parts of it as are worthy of divine care. Uh, the pure beam, no longer a pixelated light. And whether it's been one pixel like I experienced years ago, like I think these are like, what are they, 1080p or 720p? You know, pixels. I remember like the Lord, <clears throat> I was in a really tough place and the Lord's like, well, I'm again to show you a path through the darkness because it says about Moses, it says that Moses wanted to apprehend God, and so he went into the darkness where God is. Solomon said when the Lord came down in Israel, when they worshiped and praised the Lord, he comes down or is surrounded by a great cloud, this kavod or kavod of Yahweh, which is a burning hot fire, and and he said, I'm running into the darkness. I'm running into the territory of the unknown. I'm running into the place of complete vulnerability. I'm running into the place where I can't see. I'm going somewhere that the presuppositions of the past and the situations that I've been in are not going to carry me. They don't have a frame of reference or a point of reference for me to apprehend. I'm going into a place, I'm after a God who's unseen. I'm going to find him. I've got to know him. And I remember I was standing there at my cabinet on top of the mountain, I'd like to call it Horeb or Sinai. And the pain is just wrecking me because a sense of hopelessness, a sense of vacancy, a sense of full dependence, a sense of forlornness, a sense of that things are just not coming off. I believe you, I trust you, I've done what you said, but reality is not measuring up to the prophetic experience. And we've got to close the gap. We've got to get what I'm prophetically encountering with the Lord and reality. We've got to get them where they co-locate. Because I don't like this forlornness and I don't like this vacancy and I don't like having the prophetic word made more sure, believing it, but not seeing the manifestation of the now. And the Lord, he keeps saying to me, just come another cycle, come another tear, come another dimension, come, come little guy, come little Carol, come you little dependent son that can't do anything for yourself that thought you could, come in all your arrogance and give it up, come in your self-abasement, self-pity, come to me, <laughs> come to me, take courage of heart, you know, 
Put your chest out. <laughs> oh, I'm bleeding in. That's all I got. That'll do it, little feller. Because I think the Lord likes the saints when, what does it say? If anyone draws back, what? I take no pleasure. I take no pleasure in him. And we thought that the Lord was going to give us a pity party and never will do it. The Lord will not do it. And, you know, we know that the Lord, especially coming after World War II and the tough guy generation and all that, that he's not going to take arrogance. But we thought, well, we'll just swing real hard left because it's been really bad right. And the Lord said, no, you take courage. You stand on the word that I placed in front of you and you hold the line. It's not whatever. <laughs> yeah, get it out of your mouth. Spit it out. But get it out. Get all that blah, blah, blah out. Isaiah 6, you know. Come and take the coal. Get the coal on your mouth, you know. So, whoo, I'm intense. Come in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember I was sitting there at the cabinet and I'm like waiting on the Lord. And I, I'll tell you, I used to be embarrassed to worship the Lord in front of my family. And I don't know if you know what I mean. Some of you guys might know it, but, and maybe you don't, hopefully you don't know, but I used to be so embarrassed to let myself go in front of my children and my wife. And it was just like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to break down in tears here. I'm going to lose my ever living noggin in front of all of them. And, uh, you know, because we're in there worshiping the Lord together as a family. And I'm just like, I have nothing that I can't do anything for them, so I might as well go ahead and run to him, right? And, uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Now I remember, like, this little dot of light appears in the middle of all darkness. It's like, and, and I was like, oh, man. Oh. And the Lord said, that's one pixel. <laughs> I just sent one pixel of light out of the darkness. And I thought my soul was blasted and beheld something of a light. And all the glory of the one pixelated light. <laughs> the glory of the little tiny mustard seed just a little bit to find a point of reference where God himself would speak, you know, into the human heart, radiating love, radiating information, revelation of his own self onto you, me. And I knew, man. And he says to me, he says, I will open this up, this light. Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. A land of Zebulun 
land of the dwelling place of God. Remember Zebulun's backstory. You know what? Maybe don't. Leah wanting to have children so that her husband would like her. Because Jacob had eyes for another woman. And he had been deceived in, into marrying her by Laban. And yet this is his wife. And he's maybe, maybe by having this son, maybe my husband will dwell with me now. The land of Zebulun. Land of the place of dwelling. Land, land of the place of being in your own skin. Land of the place of being landed. Land of the place where God's dwelling is so in us that whatever we're partaking of, whatever's going on around us is not a distraction. It's, it's land of the perception, um, land of eyes on God. Land where God's not having to wrestle with us. Land where the wrestling match is over. Land where God can dwell in you. This plays really out in our families and it's very highly practical in a sense that you know that when you get upset with a situation in yourself and you sort of feel like you got to push everything off and or push people off. Now, sometimes we got this kind of mindset of sort of um, uh, button down the hatches. Uh, pressure starts to come. It starts to come. It usually comes in three areas, relationships, finance, and health. Unmet expectations in the three. And, and for many of us, when we're dealing with relational pressure or financial pressure or health-based pressure, this is not to be the, tip, the typical way of our life, but we... Uh, sort of, uh, again, button down the hatches and hole in and pull in, um, sort of holding on to whatever we can to say, oh, I'm going to make it. We get very myopic uh, in the sense of we're just very centered. It gets very centered in ourselves. Someone comes to interfere with that. So you don't understand. Now leave me alone. I'm going through something. Insulation, uh, insulators built all around the human soul trying to self-protect. Being messed with. Someone says something off to you. Someone uh, cajoles you. Someone flatters you. Tractor beam loss. <laughs> Pixelated light. Not shining. Uh, Starlight wish blasted. It's not working out. The thing that I'd hoped for, shut down. Land of Zebulun. Eyes off yourself. Gazing at the beautiful God. Land of Zebulun, no longer looking at my past and no longer looking into my future. No longer trying to figure out what am I going to do or what have I done. No more guilt, no more shame, land of Zebulun. Land of Zebulun seated. Seated 
and set in, set in by, by God. God, and the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the land of Zebulun until I make all your enemies your footstool. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali. Naphtali, faster than a, like a doe. It can leap across space-time barriers. <laughs> Naphtali that has to learn to be seasoned in prophetic revelation not to grasp ahead of time. Naphtali that sees ahead but has to wait in stillness even when he knows what's forthcoming. Naphtali that is waiting while his strength is being rebuilt and developed. My little girl, Susanna, when she was little and she hails from the north, in the northern kingdom. I remember when she's little, we would be sitting at the supper table and Susanna would come flying across the table to grab a thing of salt and she would just throw everything off just to get whatever she wanted, she'd come for it. And I said, that little Naphtali. Because she's got Asher mixed in with her too, which means he brings forth many pleasant food and she is ready to grab a hold of it. You know, because it's one thing, you know, and this is so important that you catch this because it takes such seasoning to see the word of the Lord and to be patient to wait on the timing of God for the execution of something that you see with prophetic clarity. There's a sense of dwelling that is necessary where the life of God is dwelling in you like phos, like I think in the Greek, this life of light shining, illuminating the path in front of you, beholding that which is not coming into being into now, that which is coming into being, and that which is not becoming that which is. God said, let there be light. And he saw, it was good. And it, what, God see, what God said, God saw. So there's this space between. So the passage again, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way by the sea. <laughs> Sound like prophetic worship today? A place that's beyond the Jordan. There's a way. There's a way that no man knoweth. There's a way that only like last week that wisdom can take you. There's only a way. And it's the way that you cannot know by the intellect. You cannot know it by your feelings. It can only be known by being known. It's like the knower that's inside of you knows and knows out of you and shines forth through you and brings you into what he has predestined for you. It's beyond, it's beyond the Jordan. It's on the other side. I think sometimes we say, think when God says, move in faith, trust me, that there'd be no adversity that would come. It'd be easy peasy women squeezy. <laughs> but it's not. 
It's not. God will set up adversity. You go and you say, you trust him. Now, I trust you, Lord. I'm following you. And adversity strikes. All the questions start to come in. All the doubt starts to come in. People of God, we must cross over. That Jordan was flooded. Israel couldn't get across. It's be mud up to their knees, caps. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in stiff water, uh, flowing hard flowing water, or you've been in stiff mud, but you're not going anywhere, especially with a bunch of oxen and whatever, all kinds of stuff. You got to take a cross. It's like the Lord wants us so vulnerable and so dependent that we would wait, we would hold fast. I do that because of the movie uh, Master and Commander. I don't know if you've seen it, but on the fingers, I think he has something like that on his finger, uh, tattooed on his fingers, hold fast or something like that. It might be different words, but it's just like, <clears throat> because they're going through real adversity in that film. And that when the Lord takes you on his sea trip, when he's called you out onto the sea, and called you into a land, the Galilee of the Gentiles. Into a farm people, a people that you don't know. A people that don't understand you. They don't know your background. They don't know you. You know, it's one of the toughest things I think sometimes is to be in the presence of a new community. And you long so much. If I could just tell you my story, you know, you'd know me. And then when I'd feel better because I was known, right? You know what I mean? And we have a good community here. We, many of us know each other and love each other. But some of you that are new to the community, our community of faith, I'm sure that you want to tell us your war stories. And um, we want to hear them. They're amazing. You're amazing. By the way, you're amazing. <laughs> Human beings are incredible creatures. All of you. And yet we come into a place that he's called us into that feels I don't know these people and I don't know where I'm going and I don't understand this environment. And he's called us, he's called us that way. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And those who are sitting in the region in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. It says this, that from that time, Jesus began to preach this message. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. From what time? From the time of the dawning of the light. Repent. I met with Steve Scroggs this week, and because we were reflecting back on X2M 147 and the double circumcision rite that happened that Sunday where we're all caught up in Noah's ark, it felt like, someone said that, it felt like we're in an ark, rain's hitting the building, it's thundering outside, lightning's cracking, it was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, Kara comes up, which if she does, it's like E.F. Hutton, we should listen. And she says, it's like repentance. <laughs> And Steve looks over at me. Steve Scroggs says, oh, no, man, not repentance again. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I was feeling him, man. I was feeling him hard because I was like, I know, man, right? Repentance again? Because it's just like, my Lord, I've repented a million times. And I want to, and Steve and I were talking, he's like, we need to give like a definition for repentance. I mean, you know, because repentance means like course correction. It's not a disposition of despondency out of the depths of <laughs> degradation. <laughs> it's, it's because you're loved by the Father. And he said, look at me. You've got your eyes on the wrong thing. Stop it. Stop, stop it. He doesn't do that, by the way. He says, oft I would have gathered you like a hen would have gathered her chickens, but you would not. It's a very maternal type feature. Please come. I can't make you. I can't impose my will on you, but please come to me. Repent. Like turn your heart, realign it. Realign your gaze towards me. You got your eyes on the wrong thing. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is exposed. It's right here, right now, and you have full access to it. Uh, your sensitivity level, you're, you're, you're accustomed to sound more than light because of the fall. I want to bring you into light. Why? Because light travels faster than the speed of sound. And you need discernment of light to be able to apprehend how I am speaking to you. Because it's like this. There he, is. there he goes. John 3. The Spirit of God is like wind that's going here and there. And you do not know which way he's going. How are you going to track that spirit? How are you going to track the spirit that's in you? It's like, there he is. There he is. There he is. Follow him. Get him. Track him. Get him down. Run him down. You know. It's like we need celestial navigation instead of this loose, rough, mechanical. Well, we had in the military, we had like internal navigation systems and, um, and in the INS package. And we had these nav systems that were sort of relegated to something of an ancient order. And we had as a flyer, I had to learn a bunch of that, but we didn't even get to use GPS because we had to do dead reckoning. When we got up in the air, we'd come up about 35,000 feet, descend, like nose down, dive, break out of a dive, have to hit our points. I tried to hit mine zero seconds off. I love to nail my entry points, get on the deck 500 feet off the deck, flying 320 knots or whatever to go put bombs on target, stuff like that. And you have to have your like... You got to be ready. You got to be, uh, you need a fine tune on that. You can't just be real coarse, uh, coarse on uh, dealing with something of that capacity. You know, $60 million aircraft zooming out, down, diving into the ground. You die, you're dead. The Lord is offering us an internal navigation system of a capacity for celestial navigation uh, that's built out of a light mechanism inside of us, and, and he needs us and wants us and desires us that we would track and track the tractor beam with him. 
that, uh, that we would begin to see the kingdom of heaven, which is at hand, the, uh, to see beyond the, what's right in front of us and to see beyond it and see the encounter. Now, I want to tell you, you know, so, oh, I don't know how to do that, Carol. Worship him and wait on him. Worship, Zebulun, dwell. Wait, Naphtali, execute. You got it? All right, it's good to go. I need a Zebulun feature and uh, I need a Naphtali feature. Because that's where he's coming with light. Why? To say, you come and worship me. You, d- you dwell, I dwell in you. Be seated uh, in yourself with me that's inside of you, the rest of God. Wait on me to illuminate your prophetic understanding. And when you track me down by light, boom, boom, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. What are we looking for? This is a way I've been trained and taught. And this is what takes a little, it's a little bum fuggling up here. I don't know if that's a word, but well, it is now. <laughs> Oxford English Dictionary, get it in there, bum fuggling. Uh, OED, big book, bum fuggling. It's going to be a new word, I'm telling you. That's what it looks like. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, look, there he is. Boom, boom. You know, there's the Lord. I got him. Tracked. Okay, follow him. You know, that's what happens uh, every Sunday here. <laughs> we don't have a clue what we're doing. I'm like, I don't even know why anybody would follow this. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's a miracle. Um, it was a, there he is. You know, so today it's like, I'll just give you an example. We worship the Lord, we dwell, looking for the prophetic lay. Worship the Lord, dwell, Zebulun, looking for the prophetic lay, Naphtali, get the execution of the word of the Lord. I'm over there. The Lord says to me, I'm like, I like contrite people. There's three things I'm looking for. I said, what's, what's the three things you want? He's like, look it up, Isaiah 66, verse 2. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a people that have a contrite heart, contrition meaning humility, meaning basically full dependency. I'm looking for you to tremble at my word. You know, and what else does it say? Anybody? I'll look it up. And so what's happened there is in that experience with the Lord, saying, I'm going to give you favor with this and respect what I say. <laughs> I, I, that's what I like the most. Just respect me. Do what I tell you to. You know, I tell my kids that all the time. <laughs> so get some respect around here. Where's the yes, sir? And they said, well, daddy, we'd like to amend that to yes, daddy, because it's more intimate. I said, fine, I'll be daddy. You can do yes, daddies, but just make sure that I know there's feedback. Back to the point. And then Stephen's over here saying contrite heart. And I'm like, contrite, contrite. That's the same exact word you said. You said, then the Lord says to me, he says, I'm gonna take this people by the path of the sea and I will take my hand and go down. If they will reach up to me, I will take them by the hand and pull them up into the heavens. I'll pull all of you up into the heavens. I'll take you up into me. So that why? So you can become more like me so my light can radiate through you. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And then Stephen's like, by the sea, we're singing through the sea. I can't do it. He sings so good. I was, yeah. (laughs) 
by the way of the sea. Zebulun dwell, worship the Lord. Naphtali, give me prophetic understanding so I can execute on it. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I don't see anything. To put, the thing's dark. Wait for him, wait for him. Boom, boom, double connotation light. Maybe triple connotation. The Lord will reveal himself to you. I think many times we're just not waiting on him. Or maybe we have, and maybe, we, maybe we've said, yeah, I get that worship is the deal, yo. <laughs> That's like the dealio, dealio. <laughs> that is a word, and it's not an Oxford English dictionary, though. But I, I, I get this Zebulun thing, maybe. But this Naphtali feature, maybe that's where there's been an issue, you know. Maybe we don't believe sometimes that he will speak. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm a preacher of this gospel, and I'm going to tell you something about me. This morning, Kara and I are laying in the bed. We're talking about stuff. and She said, you think we should worship? And I was like, sure, we should. And, uh, and we have these bumps in the worship because this kid or that thing, or I said and she said, and next it's bumping us around. And she's like, we need worship. And so she worship, and she puts a blanket over her head like she does so many times. I guess she's got a head covering. It's the blanket. <laughs> and I'm uh, sitting there, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm in the spirit. I mean, and, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you about me. Every time I never can know or anticipate what the next thing is. It's like stepping in with uh, Zebulun is like a whole uh, brand new experience every time. The kingdom of heaven exposed itself to me. You know what it was? This passage. <laughs> but it was in Isaiah chapter 8. Now I'm going to and I was like, I, I, I just couldn't have seen it. I mean, I couldn't have known it. I, I had no reference point at all. Next thing you know, I'm in a full-blown encounter. And here it is, Naphtali operational. And so we see this, in, we see this lived out in front of us. Let's look at a couple other passages, then we'll move in one, then I'll close. Romans 13, 12. My mother gave this to me this weekend, really blessed my socks off because we got Karen and Kieran in here, which is the same word for um, double-pronged lightning bolt, and so we got us a double-pronged lightning bolt in-house. We got one prong there and one prong there. The Kieran in the Hebrew means the double-pronged lightning bolt in Habakkuk uh, 3, 4. And so he says, um, listen to Romans 13, 12. The night has advanced toward dawn. The day is near. Oh, don't you love that? So then we must lay aside the works of darkness. And put on your weapon of light. The Starcaster Blaster. There it is, right in the text. Pink, 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 pink. Get your star caster blasters out, guys. All you star children. I mean, you know, I thought the star child was such a big deal until the Lord introduced the star caster blaster. I was like, definitely, we need one of those. And like, shoot your enemy and like star cast in, uh, bringing in the lost. <laughs> it's like a spear gun. Star caster blaster, but it's a photon light beamer thingy. 
just so you know. It's really cool. Um, Melinda Scroggs, I really, you got to ask her about it because she was given these, it's really cool what the Lord's given her. Ask her about the uh, double lights that were put into her hands a couple week, few weeks ago in one of our events. Really cool. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Is that right, 219 or is it 119? Brad Ames, is it 119 or 219? One, right? And this verse, I think you know what I'm talking about. Moreover, we possess the prophetic word. I want to make sure I have this right. As altogether reliable thing, you do well if you pay attention to this as you would to a light shining in a murky place. Listen, pay attention to the prophetic word, even if it seems dark or murky to you. Listen. Until the day dawns. Study the untils of scripture. It's fascinating. Hold the line, stick your chest out, whatever you have to do, but believe the word of the Lord that he has spoken to your life and hold on to it because it says here, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in the heavens, in your hearts. Oh, by the way, if you haven't got your star child X shirt, from the challenge, make sure to get it afterwards because I'll forget and I want to make sure I have them over here. So I've, this is an experience, uh, you know, in uh, Second Enoch, Second Enoch 22. I just want to read this to you. He writes, um, when the Holy One, blessed be he, took me to serve the throne of glory, the wheels of the chariot and all needs of the Shekinah, at once my flesh turned to a flame my sinews to a blazing fire, my bones to juniper coals. I wonder what that is. But my eyelashes to lightning flashes. It's like a different idea of putting on lashes. <laughs> Anyways, lightning flashes. My eyeballs to fiery torches, the hairs of my head to hot flames, all my limbs to wings of burning fire, and the substance of my body to blazing fire. That's the man who was transfigured and was and was not because the Lord took him. We'll close with this. I'm going to go to Isaiah um, chapter number 9, and, and we'll close here. I'm not sure how your, your scriptures are laid out, but this is some texts have it this way, but uh, chapter 8, verse 23, in some texts, but... Uh, if you're in, I'm in the NET right now, but 823 is technically where we're started, but I'm going to uh, just read this to you. Now, I want you to hear this. Maybe, um, let's go ahead and stand together because I'm going to close this. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to ask the Lord this morning to give you the, this wisdom of, that lies within Zebulun and Naphtali or to sure you up. to really shore you up and the anchor of the soul that, that prevails, that takes you on to the other side in the order of Melchizedek, like we crossed over today. I'm sure you all felt that. You experienced us crossing over. When that courage hits that room, that's, you just cross that veil. That's what the Melchizedek order feels like. I hope you experience that. Now, hear this. 
The gloom will be dispelled for those who were anxious. Today is an offering from the Lord to dispel gloom, to dispel this hopelessness, to take it out, to remove this anxiety that tries to get upon us and hold us because of something that is based in what we can think and do and come up with and make happen or whatever in relationships, our finance, our health. I want to dispel the gloom. I want to take the cloud out. Not the cloud of Yahweh, but the cloud that has tried to cloud and collude our thinking, our mindset, get us uh, particulated and split all over the place and cause us to be anxious. In earlier times, he had humiliated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Listen to this. Oh, listen to this. But now he brings honor. Can you imagine that the Lord would honor you? Listen, y'all all have been through some stuff. I mean, we all have, right? But if you can receive this word from the Lord that I got like transitioned into the day on my own bed with my wife, worshiping the Lord together. If you could receive the fact of scripture that says, I want to bring honor to you and not dishonor and shame over your life anymore. I want to take this guilt off of you. I don't want you to carry around things like you've been carrying around. I want to take your anxiety and your fears and your troubles off of you. I just want to take them off. I want to bring an honor to you. I want to uh, bring my favor on you. I want to show you a demonstration of me. There's been a past where the place of the dwelling place of God has been viewed um, uh, dishonorably. I want you to enter into the place where, you know, like I was saying about being before my wife and children, worshiping the Lord. I want you to get radicalized in your worship. You don't have to act like me. But to be just lost in him. Where the place of Zebulun no longer is a place of shame and dishonor, but a place of blessing. I, I, I want you to be able to speak my word and not be ashamed in your jobs, in your workplaces, uh, out in culture. I want you to be proud and thankful. I want to take the dishonor that a culture has tried to put around you and cause you to be closed mouth and shut down. I want to open up your mouth and feel it. And have a word that's instant and in season and out of season for those that are around you that really need to hear it. There's so many people that need to hear the word of the Lord. They're dying, waiting on someone. That's just so dwelt by the Lord. And so prophetically in their mouth, the word of the Lord's ready to release because they're in him. They need us more importantly, though, we have to receive this favor from the Lord. I mean, you don't have to, but I would highly recommend receive the double grace of God on your life. The grace that's forgiven you. The grace that's liberated you and set you free. You confess your sins to the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's a done deal. Live free. For freedom, Christ came to liberate your complete consciousness. You can be free.
Listen to what he says. He says, I'm, I'm bringing honor to the way of the sea. <laughs> I'm, it's to the region beyond the Jordan. It's the Galilee of the nations. Now all the people walking in darkness see a bright light, a light shines. And on those who live in the land of deep darkness, listen to these points. Here's the fruit, here's the fruit of it. Darkness is turned to light. Number two, enlargement comes into your life. Not smallness, enlargement. I love this one, great joy. I'll give you joy. Uh, Paul says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, I'll give you joy. Joy, it actually means to spin so wildly that your clothes would fly off. But uh, make sure you keep yours on, unless you're at home or something. But I give you joy. Um, a harvest is coming. Uh, plenty. I'll take care of everything for you. Um, I, I love this. I love this. Um, it'll be so much that uh, you'll have to divide up the plunder among all your friends. You'll have so much that comes in that you'll have to give a bunch away. Midian is defeated. Midian have become an enemy of, of Israel. I think if I remember years ago studying Midian, like the in-depth etymology of the word, it has to do with the mind and like a crown that what happens is, is, you know how it says in scripture, especially we're integrated into this in the information age, but you know, knowledge puffs up. It's like, no, it's, it, oh, I, I have to know this and know that. And I got to go find this off uh, Google and find this off whatever, whatever, whatever. And I got to get all this information, right? Midian's defeated. I'm not just out there trying to grasp for information and, and to try to find something to feed that longing inside. Uh, the defeat comes... And my mind and my thoughts uh, become clear and I become clear-headed. Why? Uh, Midian's defeated means this. You have the mind of Christ. <laughs> and now you have his mind. Imagine such a thing that God himself would give you his mind. So it don't matter what your IQ is or whatever, you have the wisdom of God integrated into your own mind. But forget about it. Uh, forget about whether you had a lot of education or you didn't have any education. It doesn't matter, you have his mind. All right, so all, right, well, all we're gonna do is just lift up your hands. Now, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for honoring you honoring you with a new life, eternity, shut up in your hearts. Yes, yeah, you feel that. I feel you, Lord, I feel you, Lord, I feel you, Lord, you're good to me. Good to you, good to you, light. I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, all across this room, out for the ones listening out from this space, Lord. I pray, Lord, right now, 
at the full installation of Zebulun. A dwelling without shame. And Naphtali, a prophetic oracle without, without trembling, a, a right knowing when to wait and when to execute on. Lord, I pray right now in the name of your name, Lord, Jesus, I ask you that you'd feel every single person here out with their double hands of the Zebulun and the Naphtali. And I thank you, Lord, for light, light radiating out of our hearts, radiating out of our mouths, radiating out of our minds. It's illumination of the Lord, illuminating our understanding. Oh, man, he's got you. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got you. The Lord's got you. You're his. Yes, Lord. Understanding are opening up to a new capacity right now where you can behold greater light, greater glory, greater glory, greater glory, greater glory, the greatness of his name, the greatness of the Lord. Yes, it's you, Lord. I'm drawn. Unspeakable and full of glory, hope and enlargement. New day, new day, new day.
Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord grant you peace. Amen. Bless you today. Remember your shirts if you didn't get them last week. We have them up here. shining 